Welcome to Authors Are Rockstars, a podcast dedicated to YA lit and rockin' music. I'm Allison. And I'm Michelle. Today we've got an interview with Anne Stampler, whose second young adult contemporary novel just hit bookstore shelves, and we were very excited to get the chance to chat with her via Skype. Before we jump into the interview, though, let's talk book picks. I know this is kind of a lot of pressure, but since we're starting a new year, Michelle, did you have a favorite read of 2013? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, My book pick for 2013 would be Lee Bardugo's series, Shadow and Bone, the second book, Siege and Storm, was amazing, and Lee is awesome. Ooh, awesome choice. Well, I have a really hard time picking just one favorite, but the standout thing for me last year was that two books by one author were among my personal top ten, which is kind of a rare occurrence. You can probably guess what I'm going to say. It's Fangirl and Eleanor and Park by Rainbow Rowell. Just awesome, awesome stuff. I really loved those two books. I just didn't want them to end. And I just bought the audiobook of Eleanor and Park for my library, and I cannot wait to experience that story again in that format. Well, there you go, listeners. Get reading, get listening, and let's get to the interview. We are chatting via Skype with Anne Stampler, author of Where It Began, among other books. She's got a new book for young adults coming out in January, and we're so pleased to be chatting with her today. Thanks for taking the time, Anne. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm very excited to talk with you. Oh, this is so fun. Well, let's kick things off by hearing a little bit about your upcoming book. Tell our listeners about After Party. Okay. After Party is another contemporary set in Los Angeles. And since I moved east into the Hollywood Hills, my book did too. So my character lives right in my neighborhood. The protagonist is a girl named Emma who moves to L.A. after moving around with her overprotected dad for the last 10 years. And she really wants to break out of her good girl shell. This is accelerated when she meets Siobhan, who's kind of the bad girl, who's everything Emma is not. And Siobhan pulls Emma into a clandestine kind of life of partying and secret packs and kind of midnight adventures, but unfortunately things lurch way out of control. And as Emma starts to take back her own life, including starting a romance with Dylan, who's the boy she's been crushing on since she got to LA, Siobhan begins to unravel. All along, Siobhan's been preparing Emma for After Party, which is this very decadent, over-the-top party held at a formerly glamorous, decrepit hotel in Hollywood near the end of the school year. There's After Party is this very decadent, over-the-top party. It's held at a decrepit hotel in Hollywood that used to be very glamorous, kind of near the end of the school year. Siobhan's even made an after-party list of all the things that Emma has to do to be ready, kind of mostly wild behavior that would make Emma's dad have a heart attack. (laughs) So when Emma gets to the party, Siobhan's idea is if she's performed everything on the the after-party list, then she won't be Bambi at what Siobhan calls the wolf's orgy. Emma... Siobhan and Dylan all go to the after party with their own very different agendas and everything comes together and it collides in the dark, in the rain, on the roof of the Camden Hotel. Ooh, this sounds like a lot of fun. Well, both your YA novels are set in the glittering, glamorous, somewhat dangerous Los Angeles, as you mentioned. Can you tell us a little bit about your relationship with the city? Well, 
I love LA. I love the fact that, that everyone is here and we have all of these different cultures thriving. I love the art scene in LA. And I kind of love the fact that the industry is here because there are huge numbers of people employed in the make-believe business. People who are very creative, who are kind of writing and painting and directing and producing and shooting and designing. For me, it's a very interesting mix. But the thing that impacts a lot of the characters in the books is kind of the meretricious glamour, sort of the, the tinsely decadent aspects of it, which are both very appealing, but have their repellent elements as well. And I, I really like having characters who are kind of affected by this and by, by so many aspects of LA. And, and I also, I, I like to include, you know, real places, kind of funky restaurants. And actually, before the Valentine's Day party, Emma gets her hair blown out by my wonderful hairdresser. Oh, that's um, so cool. At Jejeune. Yes, it's really <laughs> fun. I mean, Emma has her first kiss at a restaurant that has sidewalk tables on sunset next to director's guild in old versions she and siobhan were sitting at, at an outside table there kind of watching people walk their well-dressed dogs and watching people going into director's guild and grading men and that chapter is no longer there but it was just fun to write la and to put characters into places with which i'm, I'm very familiar and some of which i love a lot that is so great well let's say someone is visiting la for the first time so what is your number one must do thing for a new visitor to la oh my goodness well, one thing that I think is really interesting is to drive Sunset Boulevard all the way from the beach to downtown. Oh, and you, you, yeah. you go through a number of different communities and you get a sense of how rich we are and how poor we are, how many cultures are together here, the different communities we have, the different architectures, and just the different flavors. I think that that's a very interesting drive to take. I love that idea. That would definitely encapsulate the whole LA experience. Oh, yeah. I, I think it does. I think it does. It's a drive that, you know, when I'm writing, I will sometimes take that drive. I find it kind of stimulating and inspiring. Mm -hmm. I, I completely agree. Actually, I used to take my family on that drive when we would go. Oh, you're so, kidding me. Yeah. No, nope, that exact drive, because you get to see all the cool fancy big houses, and then you get to see, you know, all of LA. So it's it's a true LA experience. And, and of course, Emma and Siobhan party at Strix Beach House in, in the colony. Right. Also fun to write. <laughs> well, After Party really digs in deep into the complexities of female friendships. What makes these kind of relationships so compelling to you for writing? Oh, gosh, I guess the same things that make female friendships compelling, period. They're so emotional and they're so deep. They have so much impact on your life. You can feel so profoundly supported or so, on the flip side, profoundly betrayed. And I think especially as a teenager, those friendships have a particular intensity. And that you're writing, I mean, I love writing relationships, period. I mean, my books really are about relationships. And just that, that intense private dyad 
I just, it's amazing that anybody could not write about it. Clearly, it's the best subject. It really is. Well, I love what you did with it. It is, I mean, I feel like it doesn't always get as much attention as romance in YA novels. So I really like what you did. Oh, thank you. Because I, I think that while romance is important and significant, there are other things too. And, and I think the centrality of this female friendship is realistic. Definitely. Yeah, it can really affect who we are going forward. So to switch gears a little bit, in addition to your two YA novels, you've written a whole bunch of picture books. So what was it like making the transition from writing for children to writing for teens? Well, for one thing, not so much just because it was for teens, for one thing, it was extremely freeing to have all these words at my disposal. With picture books, one has to be very spare, of course. And, and if you use rich language, it's a challenge to be spare. And it's also a challenge to use appropriate rich language. But with this novel, you know, I'd wanted to write a novel forever. And I'd written short stories that were ostensibly adult short stories. And they were published in tiny journals with a circulation of 600 in Chicago. Um, but those were those always tended to be about teenagers or young adults. Those were the protagonists although they tended not to be first-person, present tense. There was a retrospective element. And I wanted to write something more immediate. I wanted to write something longer. And I had the, the voice of my first YA protagonist, Gabby, just stuck in my head. And literally, the day my son, my, my youngest, left for college, I just thought, it's now or never. And I, I sat down, I, I had the voice, and I could use as many words as I wanted. I could use as complex sentences as I wanted. It's not just like, I mean, I could use any words. I could have sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And, and I felt as if I had been this sort of prim writer of picture books, and then all of a sudden, pow! You know, I could just... I could explode and, and, and do anything. And I keep saying, and I do believe that every age you've ever been is, is in there somewhere and, and you can and you can get to it. And and as I got to my teenage feelings to write this book, there was just no question in my mind that, that, that I had to do it. I mean, I just, I sat in my den with my dog and I was Gabby all day. And, and, and I wrote by hand in her in her voice and, and I kind of looked around with her eyes and it was just as much as I love writing picture books, mostly folklore. I love folk tales, but as much as I love that stuff, it was just so cool to do something else. And and it, it was just it was liberating on just a variety of levels. Well it does sound like a lot of fun to just let let it free. Oh it it, it what God, was that just coherent? <laughs> yes, I, yes. I just I, I love writing novels and I love writing YA novels so much I mean it's really a good experience for me well let's talk about yourself as a writer do you have any writing must-haves do you need a cup of coffee by your side or certain music to listen to actually no at some points of I mean I need somewhere comfortable to sit so I mostly write on this you know lovely down love seat in my bedroom with my feet up and for some parts of the process I need quiet because particularly coming from a picture book background, I read aloud a lot and I speak dialogue a lot and I hear things in my head and having interfering sounds just at some stages of writing can be problematic. I like having kind of 
reward junk food available. Mangoes, mango ice cream, chocolate. It's, it's nice, tiny cupcakes. Well, Emma gets cupcakes at butter cake and so exactly. do I. Um, it's, it's kind of down the hill and across the street for me. And uh, tiny cupcakes, particularly since I started writing in a serious way when I had little kids. I mean, I was carrying notebooks around town with me and I was writing picture books on the steering wheel when I was, you know, sitting in carpool line for extended periods with the car not moving. So I got very good at writing in lots of places and like writing dead tired and, you know, writing with all kinds of things going on in different locales. And for me now, it's a luxury to be able to, you know, sit there for 12 hours, you know, on my white love seat writing, which I couldn't do before. But, you know, I, I can write in a cafe. I can write in a library. I've, I've started going to a writer's writing group, not a critique group, but a group of writers in LA. And we, we, we sit in this wonderful cafe this wonderful charitable cafe that's really very sweet to let us do this. But, you know, we sit there for five and six hours and we drink excellent coffee. And, you know, we, we write for six hours with rock blasting in the background. You know, and, and that's fun, too. So oh. I, I'm pretty flexible. It just has to be at this point, because I have that choice, I pick someplace pleasant, I, I pick someplace that I like. That sounds like a good strategy. And it's it's so great that you can be so flexible. So we have to ask our final question for you is yes. our traditional karaoke question. So Ooh. we want to know, we, we know Siobhan must have some kind of epic karaoke song. So tell us about that. <laughs> because I'm sure you thought about it. <laughs> What would everyone else sing? Would Emma get up and sing? This is at least slightly ironic, but <laughs> when I think about Shavad, I think about the Rolling Stones under my thumb. <laughs> is that terrible? <laughs> Just about right. Yeah. But no, that that's definitely the song that comes to mind for her. Like her um, song. <laughs> and kind of variations and how far under her thumb that the person she's intensely involved with is seems to have some correlation with how kind of strong or unstrung she is. Mm-hmm. So, so I think that's the song. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's perfect. Well, thank you so much for talking with us, Anne. It was such a pleasure to speak with you. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me. This is this has just been lots of fun. I mean, it was wonderful to write after party. And Simon Schuster just sent me a copy of the finished book. And at this very moment, I'm holding this gorgeous object and running my fingers over the raised letters and after party. And I don't know that the period leading up to release is is a little bit nerve-wracking and it's just wonderful to talk to people who are excited about it so thank you so very much oh thank you we are excited and congratulations on after party oh thanks a million take care what a fun interview. Thanks again to Anne for taking the time to chat with us. And thanks to her publisher, Simon & Schuster, for making the interview possible. Yeah, thanks. And we'll be back again soon with another Authors, Authors Are Rockstars. Rock stars.